You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nick. How are you? Doing well. Survived the uh, storm last night and yeah. ready to uh, talk about my feelings of money. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it was uh, pretty brutal down there. Yeah, what's the one of the worst storms we've had down here in a long time? So oh. not sure what happened, but we survived. Well, we'll just keep on keeping on. Yeah. So today. Money and feelings. So we're going to talk about money scripts and how they might be affecting your financial plan and things that you can do to kind of recognize and move forward. So I think the, the most important part, part of this is figuring out kind of what a money script is. But before we get into that, Dave, let's talk about maybe what your first memory of money is. Do you have oh. a distinct memory of money? You were serious when, when you, you said young? you were going to do oh, this. I'm very serious about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, early memories of money. Okay. It, it probably has something to do with the tooth fairy. So we're just, we'll, we'll just skip that because I don't think that's particularly meaningful. But uh, I remember, one thing I remember is my grandpa, when I would see him when I was young, he would always, no matter what was going on, he would hand us a dollar or $2 out of his wallet and just say, you know, he would say, you should always have some walking around money. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, that's always kind of stuck with me that, you know, no matter what was going on and uh, and uh, you know, it wasn't about, it, it was just about like having a little money that we didn't have to account for. Didn't have to tell my mom about, didn't have to, you know, oh, yeah. if I wanted to buy some gum <laughs> or some Jolly Ranchers. That was my, that was my money to do that with. I and, love it. Uh, so here's the true test. Do you have a couple of dollars of walking around money in your pocket right now? But that's probably about it. <laughs> a couple of dollars. <laughs> the, the whole uh, like cash versus cashless society conversation. There's a, uh, there's, there's whole podcast there. And uh, you know, we can circle back to this if you want, after we talk about money scripts, but my way of using cash versus, um, you know, debit cards and things actually is the reverse of what it would probably be for most people. Um, yeah, in interesting. Terms of money scripts. So that's a that's yeah. A we'll definitely have to come back to that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So I'll tell you my first memory of or memory of money. When I was a kid, I had a little soccer ball piggy bank, and every time we got money from the tooth fairy, or I don't know why we would get money chores. We could there was a chore list that we could do for like a nickel or a dime or a quarter. And I used to put all of my money into that little soccer ball and fill it up. My dad told me that uh, I could save it for college. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so sure enough, I was putting all my change in there, saving <laughs> for college someday. And eventually grew that uh, piggy bank into uh, cashed it in and took it to the bank and started a savings account and all that fun stuff. But that's probably one of my first, very first memories of money is the soccer ball piggy bank <laughs> where I could uh, work. And get some, you know, like the one of the ones I remember for whatever reason was cleaning the, was vacuuming the stairs. You used to have to take a toothbrush to like the corners of the stairs and vacuum sure. out the stairs. I think that, I think that one does a quarter back then. So wow. 
don't, yeah. I don't think my kids would do it for less than 10 bucks right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, inflation, right? That's, that's part of the, that's uh, right. the money that's right. lessons. So we'll, we'll come back to that, but uh, that's, both of those are kind of interesting things that we can come back to and think about. And so, you know, what, what kind of the importance, Dave, or thinking about the first memory of money is a money script is an unconscious belief that each of us have developed concerning money and life. Um, typically formed in childhood, we get this from parents or family or society, and they're often incredibly strong and resistant to change. So some of the examples that I can give is um, money doesn't grow on trees, right? Mm -hmm. I heard that one before. Mm -hmm. uh, it's most important to save. It's better to give than receive. Uh, you need to take care of yourself first because nobody else is going to. Um, and this, I don't know if you've heard this one. This one went around my family a lot as well. You're lucky to have something to eat, a place to sleep. Think of all the starving chill yes. children in the world that don't have that. Yes, yes. Um, and every generation it changes with, you're in my age group. I think it was the Ethiopians, but with our parents, it was the Armenians. Yep. And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's see, what was the other one that I had down? Oh, if you're a good person and do what's right, the money will take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. So all the, you know, all these are just little, little things, little, little bits of conventional wisdom that you hear out there. Right. But they form like, like some of our bedrock beliefs about money and attitudes towards money. And they can be different in different contexts, different, different people, right. Based on experience. Yeah, well, that's like the unconscious part. We can kind of joke about some of those things and that we've heard. But, you know, when you're a kid and you kind of internalize that, mm -hmm. it does potentially have an effect and sometimes a really big effect on your relationship with money, right? Can, it can affect your ability to enjoy money or it can cause us to avoid money issues in general which can be, you know, there's obviously just like anything, extreme cases that we sometimes see. Yeah. Uh, but even like the mild cases obviously can have an impact on how we view the world mm -hmm. through the lens or how we view money in the lens of the world and how that affects the decision making. To kind of kind of talk about how this can be different for different people out of similar experiences, I think back to some of my early clients who had been, who had grown up during the depression. And for... It, it was interesting because they would talk about those memories. And for one client, I remember, you know, her experience of growing up in the depression meant she was always going to be frugal. Didn't matter what she could, because it could all go away in an instant as far as she was concerned. Right. And then yep. I had a gentleman who was about the same age who lived through the tough times of the depression and, and his family really struggled. And his takeaway from it was go ahead and spend it. Cause it may not be here tomorrow. Like, it, you know, it, it was, it was, uh -huh. that always struck me as very interesting that it was the same foundational experience, right. But completely different takeaways, right. completely yeah. different takeaways. And so that's, I think, I think a pretty salient example of how this is a, this is a, a personal thing that you're getting at here with money scripts. Absolutely. And to take it one step further, we I see it with families, right? Like mm -hmm. your brother might have a completely different outlook on yep. money, even though you mostly had the same upbringing and heard the same stories. Than <laughs> right. Anyway, right. 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 Yeah. Well, you know, he's, he's never right anyway. That's right. <laughs> 
So I, I think, you know, it's, it, it can be very important. And I think it affects everyone to some degree. Some of the most common money scripts, uh, obviously, we, we gave some examples, but here are some other common ones that really affect people. The first one being more money will make things better contrasted with the second one, which is money is bad. Right. Money is the root of all evil, right? It's, yep, it's one go. of the oldest yeah, cliches. One several times. <laughs> yeah. Another one is I don't deserve money uh, versus the opposite of that, which is I deserve to spend money. Right. I've worked hard for this and so now I should get to enjoy it. And then there's the old, there will never be enough money versus there will always be enough money. And then the other one, money will give me meaning. Um, which is an interesting concept. And then uh, this is one that I think comes up a lot more, which is that it's not nice to talk about money, right? Right, yeah. I don't know a lot of people that successfully in family relationships talk about money in a good way, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of that comes from, and maybe this is just an American you know, thing throughout our history, but we just don't generally talk about money. And then the last one that's common that affects people is, if you're good, the universe will supply all your needs. So there's that old, um, yeah. you know, that, that old thought process of just, you know, if you just sit around and wait, eventually it will come around to you. Right, <laughs> right. Or, you know, with the flip, flip of that one being, if you don't work hard and persevere, you're never going to get ahead, right? You, right. Nothing, nothing, comes, nothing comes easy or free. All of, these, all of these different mindsets come to play when we're helping people with financial planning, for sure. I always, I, I think it's funny, you know, I think regardless of which end of the spectrum and these different, they almost fall in pairs, right? It seems like we're always trying to pull clients back towards the middle somehow, like find balance. Oh, either, sure. yeah. either they're too afraid to spend or they're spent mm-hmm. thrifts. And yep. it's like either, either we're saying, hey, you, you need to go enjoy yourself, spend some of this money. It's not doing you any good. It's just causing you angst mm-hmm. in a lot of situations. Or you need to slow your roll a little bit and, you know, make sure yeah, that right. you're thinking about the big picture and tomorrow too, right? There's no, there's no middle ground. Absolutely. And especially it's interesting working, we work obviously with a lot of couples and, you know, I, I've, I personally feel you might feel differently, but I, I appreciate it when they're on opposite ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Like one's a saver, one's a spender. Yes, that causes friction, but that's like at least they're bringing each other. There's some the balance. Yeah. 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 Checks, if I've checks got two spenders, like yeah. it's, um, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, if I've right. got two savers, it's like, all right, guys, like, yeah. you can't take it with you. Let's make yeah. some decisions on how we're going to spend this. Yeah, that's that's interesting too. I, I And I can't... I don't have a lot of instances I can think of where I've had two spenders, but I can't think of, I'd say the majority of, of couples I've worked with over the years, it's been a balance between the two yeah. to some degree. Mm-hmm. And then with the other, like, the, and I, I it, it probably is that like two spenders together, maybe don't ever come find a financial planner, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, they, but uh, they, they don't want to hear it. They they know or they know the the message isn't going to be what they want to hear. Whereas two right. savers together are already in tune with the idea that they need to work. It, it is interesting, and um, we work with a lot of MSU people as well. And one thing that I will say about that group of people when it comes to things like this is, 
you know, when you get your PhD, you spend a lot of time making not very much money. Right. <laughs> right. And so when you finally get on that track and you're making decent money, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that are, I mean, it, it comes both ways, right? There's there's a lot of people that are like, I finally have money that I can mm-hmm. spend, and you know, I've been living been waiting off of, for this, you know, yeah. a college kid's budget for the last, you know, for for ten years now, and yeah. now I can actually spend some money and do some things. Yeah. And then there's other people that are like, I've had to live on a college kid's budget for ten years, and now I need to save because I feel like I'm way behind, right? Yeah, or um, or we usually get the savers more than do we do the the spenders. Right? Again, it's um, it's self selecting in the business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think that's an interesting interesting dynamic too, especially for that group of people, just because of, you know, you spend that, those years yeah. getting a PhD and there's not a lot of money there. Yeah. Right? It's a big transition point for people one way or the other. And yeah, it's not uncommon to see that, uh, that angst of, Hey, all my peers are six years ahead of me in right. savings. And, uh, yeah. you know, all my, my friends that went to to law school or got jobs right out of undergrad or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, now here I am finally six, seven, eight years later playing catch up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Money scripts can, however, be changed. Um, and I think the first step is identifying and understanding yeah. them, right? This is the cognition phase. And it honestly can help most money scripts dissipate or at least lessen the impact on your financial life. Um, but there are those where you may need professional help or guidance to kind of detach those emotions from the script. And a great example from the book that I actually read on the money scripts that's uh, kind of made for financial planners is the example of Patty. So Patty has 200, she makes $200,000 mm-hmm. a year. She owns a small business. She has about $500,000 in savings. So on the outside looking in, you might think, well, you know, she's doing a great job and, and things are going well for her. But when you unpack it, one of the things that you you find with her really, her and her relationship with money is that her mother was her former, former business manager and she embezzled uh, over $400,000 from her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, think of that in terms of a money script, right? If you can't trust your mom with money, who can you trust? So that's one of those where it's probably a little bit more than just, hey, by the way, you have trust issues around money and here's why. And, and understanding it, that's probably, you know, there's a lot more emotion involved in that. And, and like anything involving emotion, it takes a little bit more work to kind of get over some of those money scripts. But for the majority of us, thankfully, usually just kind of identifying your money scripts can really help you kind of get around it or think about it differently or, or just recognize that when you're out in the world doing things, right? You're probably never going to change, like truly change the emotional response to some of these things. Mm-hmm. At least identifying, oh yeah, that goes back to this experience and that's why I feel that way helps you balance out and at least behave rationally when it comes to investments and budgeting. Well, one of the things that you and I did, and we can talk about a little bit, is we actually took, we have a quiz and we'll put it in the show notes. It's the money script, the Klontz money script questionnaire, which actually identifies the four different categories and and kind of, is this a major issue for you or is this not an issue for you, Mm -hmm. right? And it's super helpful as far as that first step of recognizing what some of these potential things are. And so if looking at my score, and it scored exactly kind of how I thought I would, but it kind of, it goes right back into 
my first memory of money and my if, when your first memory of money is saving money for a long-term future goal mm-hmm. like my default emotional setting is when i get money my first thought is well let's save it yeah <laughs> right like that's my default emotional like not spend it not enjoy it it's my default is always to save it and so yeah. the benefit of going through this and obviously um, I scored high in that category of, you know, I can't remember exactly what they called it. I'll want to pull it up. But I scored high in that, like, you might want, you might be more predisposition to saving money. And, and that, you know, connects the dots and makes a ton of sense. And so where it helps me in kind of understanding this is that, you know, yes, my my first inclination is always, well, let's save this. But then I think through it a little bit more, I take that time and I think about, well, we don't necessarily always have to save it, right? Are there mm-hmm. other things? Or maybe we save a portion and we spend a portion and we go, you know, take a vacation or whatever it is, or, you know, buy something or go out to dinner or whatever that may be. And so I'm kind of like breaking out of that trend and kind of in some ways compromising about um, that. And, and that's all the recognition piece of it, right? If I didn't recognize that, if I just went with my instinct, I would save it all. And it, it kind of goes to something that we did a podcast on a couple of weeks ago, which is the, the Kahneman thinking fast, thinking slow, right? Where my default emotional response, response is, hey, yeah. we're just going to put this in long-term savings. Yeah. <laughs> which is interesting because that runs contrary to what a lot of folks default is that you get immediate pleasure from spending. So get the immediate pleasure now. Don't worry about 20 years from now. We're not going to worry about my results from the clones quiz. It's been a, been a little while since I did it. And, uh, it was, it was for a class when I did it. But, uh, I think, you know, if I had to sit down and, and, and really put, put it to paper, I would say a lot of my default behaviors now don't go back necessarily to my childhood. And, you know, my grandfather making sure we always had money to have a little fun with. But actually go back to like early adulthood and like, oh gosh, you know, we've got a uh, six month old and uh, don't, uh, don't know, you know, where we're going to, how we're going to pay for the diapers and formula here for a little while. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's actually taken me effort, kind of like what you described to switch that thinking and, and, you know, not necessarily have to feel like I have to save and, and budget everything. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it, it does take work and it does take time. But the first step is kind of, you know, identifying that and thinking about that, which is why I love asking people, you know, what's your first memory of money? Because it is almost always connected to something that kind of shows up in, in where you are and how you handle money today. And that and I just love, I think those stories are interesting because everybody's got something different. And something, sure. You know, unique. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I think it, it, it speaks to the importance also of working with a financial planner, right? Like even someone who's predisposed to saving and even someone who, you know, for long-term goals and is really good at putting money in retirement plans and things like that. A lot of times those people need more help around the lines of figuring out, Hey, you are okay. You have saved enough. You're doing Mm -hmm. fine. Let's like loosen the reins a little bit so you can enjoy this because there's no guarantee that whatever you're shooting for, you know, you're even going to make it there, right? 
Like right. it's one of those things where, who is it? It's uh, Carl Richards says, you yes. know, when you're climbing the ladder and you get to the top and you find out you're on the wrong wall, <laughs> right? Right. Like, right. <laughs> then, then what do you do, right? So right. we want to identify those things and money scripts are a part of that and how you interact with money and, and a financial professional can really help you understand that and make sure that, yes, we want to climb the ladder, but we also want to enjoy the rungs along the way, right? Kind of going back real quick. So like I said, we'll put this money script quiz in the show notes. And so if you're interested, I would highly advise taking it. It's very interesting. Uh, But there's four main factors that there were kind of testing for there. There's what we would call money avoidance. There's money focus, money status, and money vigilance. Um, So those are kind of the, the categories that we think about. So money avoidance is... The belief that money is bad, really. Yeah, rather not talk about it. Yeah, yeah, would would just rather avoid it. Where money focus is the belief that the key to happiness, money is the key to happiness and the solution to your problems. So obviously being too focused on that can have some bad outcomes. Money status is obviously like you tend to link your self-worth with your net worth. So there's obviously some issues around scoring high there. And then money vigilance, which is uh, what I scored highest in, is just that alert, watchful concern always about your financial health, right? Like, where are we at? What is, you know, what makes me feel better is looking at my long-term financial plan and making sure that we're still on track, even if Mm -hmm. we had a bad month of spending a bunch of money that, you know, makes me feel bad. (laughs) Right. Um, It's always kind of focusing on that long-term picture. Yeah. Well, that or or a bad month in the markets, right? Right. And we've had those clients who it's like, boy, they felt really good two months ago because their net worth was X and now it's Y and they feel really lousy. It, mm-hmm. They really shouldn't feel any lousier than they did six months ago when their net worth was the same as what right. it is, you know, but the yeah. fact that they made money in the meantime and then lost it now it's uh, right now. I'm suddenly they're, they're, they're hurt by that. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. To our listeners out there, like we said, feel free to take that quiz and see what your results are. And then um, obviously, we would love to hear what your first memory of money is. So shoot us an email at info at srbadvisor.com and maybe we can share some of those on future podcasts. It's been a pleasure, Dave. Always uh, fun. Great topic and uh, good talking with you. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Gather round and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.